I saw this uh, this spring autumn challenge, and um, the first thing I liked was challenge because I'm a bit competitive. So I, I really like the idea of doing a challenge, and hey, it's easy. It's just a challenge. The second thing I really liked: um, 66 days and um, the rationale behind. You need 66 days uh, to really uh, change your habits. Um, you wrote some stuff on your website. I googled it to to make sure that it's not bullshit. So yeah, I found out it's. It, there's a truth behind it. I, I like this idea. I will, I will challenge myself for 66 days. Welcome to the tribe. This is your weekly podcast from Tribe Sober. Whether you're already sober, striving to be sober, or just plain sober curious, you need a tribe. You need a tribe because it's so hard to do this alone. You need a tribe because you need support. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've got your back. Here at Tribe Sober, we have people at all stages of the journey, all helping each other to stay on track. On this podcast, we've got recovery stories to inspire you, experts to inform you, and plenty of advice on how to ditch the drink and change your life. So here's your host, Tribe Leader, Janet Gorond. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tribe Sober podcast. My name is Janet Goron. I'm the founder of Tribe Sober and I'm your host for this podcast. Here at Tribe Sober, we help people to change their relationship with alcohol and then to go on and actually thrive in their alcohol-free lives. And over the last six years, we've helped hundreds of people to do just that. We created Tribe Sober because we believe it's really hard to change your drinking habits alone. So at Tribe Sober, we're all about community. Since we started this podcast a couple of years ago, our community has got more and more international. Although we're based in South Africa, one third of our members are from the US, UK, Canada and Europe. So that's why this year we're offering an extra sober spring challenge. And this episode will be released the day before the start of that challenge. 20th of March is the first day of spring in the Northern Hemisphere, so our regular Sober Spring bus will be departing for an extra 66-day journey on that day. Let's have a listen to one of the many people who've done this challenge in the past. I decided to listen to William Porter, who had um, a guest who was actually Janet Gorant. When I listened to it, I was really touched by everything you said. All of a sudden, I told myself, but... Panic. That's your tribe. And I immediately signed up for, for the Tribe Sober 66 Spring Day Challenge. And I asked for my tracker because um, I had heard about it and I felt really empowered. So I started the program and um, the first days were very, very difficult. But uh, I was convinced that the, something had happened inside me. That the, I had like a mind shift by listening to this interview. We've already got people from all over the world signed up for the challenge. For some, it's going to be a sober spring, and for others, it'll be a sober autumn. So if you want to join them, then just go to tribesober.com and click on Sober Spring 2022 to grab your ticket. Whether you've already signed up or you're just thinking about it, please have a listen to this interview. Kai from Switzerland signed up for our very first Sober Spring Challenge back in 2018, and it changed his life. I began by asking Kai to introduce himself. My name is Kai. I'm married. Uh, I met my wife actually at university. Uh, we have two children. 
a daughter who is now uh, 14 and a boy who is 12. When did you first start thinking that you might want to change uh, your relationship with alcohol? Yeah, good question. I, I don't have a clear answer to it. Uh, it it was something that came gradually. Sorry, there's no big defining moment for me where I said, okay, now I have to stop. It was really something gradual. Uh, I think in the last five years or five years ago, I, I, I realized that um, I'm having one glass too much. Something didn't work out for me. Um, moderation is probably not my thing. Uh, I don't moderate in anything. So in alcohol, I also struggle to do it. I think I had three main reasons to drink uh, or moments to drink. So number one, Friday evenings, Saturday evenings with my wife. So I was living in one place, uh, but I was working in another place and I didn't come home uh, at evening. So Friday night was always a night where I came finally home after five days not at home. A uh, great moment, um, the, the so-called quality time. So spending lots of time with my wife, with my children, well, with my children. They left uh, quite quickly the, the table after dinner, but spending after three hours with my, my wife talking about what happened the week and so and yes, this was a great moment to, to share a glass of wine, uh, which in the beginning was uh, half a bottle, one bottle for two, so half a bottle each. And somehow it was not enough for me, so I started to open a second bottle or to, to have a whiskey after the wine. Uh, and usually this moment was the end of the nice conversation because my wife turned sour saying, you had enough wine, why do you open a second one? Um, so somehow I felt it's, it's a bit stupid. Number two. As I mentioned, I didn't work at home. So I had lots of time with colleagues, friends, out of home, living like a student again. After work, beer uh, with people, it's always a nice occasion. Usually I kept it to once a week, my after work beer, but I realized over time gradually, it was not one beer, but it was maybe five, and then it was seven or eight. Hey, I'm German, so I can drink a lot of beer. And I just had the feeling, gosh, Suddenly, I wake up with a hangover uh, next day during the working week, which doesn't make sense. And my reason number three to drink, vacation. A beer at lunch, some good wine, local wine always uh, for dinner. But it means that I was drinking for maybe one week every evening, every lunch. And getting older, it, doesn't, it didn't make sense anymore because I drank more. On the other hand... I felt more often that I was hangover than when I was younger. So somehow, gradually, I said, it's it's not good what I'm doing anymore. I have to change something. Uh, so did you start trying to cut down on your own before you discovered us? Absolutely. What I always, almost always did uh, was one sober month. Uh, usually it was January. January is great because uh, it's just after New Year. You have lots of... Uh, good resolutions for yourself. And uh, I think in the last, I don't know, six, seven years, usually I did dry January for myself. I say usually because I skipped uh, 2018. Somehow I had many good excuses not to do my sober months, which was also um, one of the triggers to, to, to go to the Sober Spring event uh, 2018, saying, okay, you, you skipped January, uh, you skipped February, so so now finally do it. Okay, and how did you find out about Sober Spring? This this is due to a little commercial in um, 
the in-flight magazine of uh, South African Airlines, which I discovered many years ago uh, when the family was uh, having some vacation in South Africa. We had an in-flight from um, Port Elizabeth back to Cape Town. I saw this. I made a picture on my, my smartphone. I kept it for probably four years or so. And then I said, okay, uh, let's let's try it with something like this. Um, since I'm not able myself to do my sober, my sober Monsalon. <laughs> because in fact it was sober autumn for you, wasn't it? Of course. It was definitely sober autumn, which didn't make it easier. I, I kept it in my mind. I had the, the website. I checked it out. I saw this, uh, this spring autumn challenge. And um, the first thing I liked was challenge because I'm a bit competitive. So I, I really like the idea of doing a challenge. And hey, it's easy. It's just a challenge. The second thing I really liked, um, 66 days and um, the rationale behind. You need 66 days uh, to really uh, change your habits. Um, you wrote some stuff on your website. I googled it to, to make sure that it's not bullshit. So yeah, I found out it's it, there's a truth behind it. I, I like this idea. I will, I will challenge myself for 66 days. You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober. So your objective was, I'm going to do 66 sober days and yes. see how it goes. Were you very confident that it would be easy or were you a bit apprehensive? Now for the challenge, I was, I was quite, uh, quite uh, self-confident. Uh, I, I talked a lot about my willpower in the beginning and you always came back on WhatsApp saying there's not just such thing as willpower, at least not in the long run. Again, I started with the challenge. So for me, 66 day challenge, okay, I can, I can handle, I will handle. I already did uh, 30 days before, so I knew this is easy. I think the 66, yeah, it was longer, but I was still confident it will, it will be easy. Usually I did January. After January, I was moderate till mid of February. And in mid of February, we have vacation in Switzerland. We have skiing vacations. Skiing vacations means a beer at lunch, nice wine in the evening, only one glass the first day of vacation. After five days of vacation, it was half a bottle. After seven days of vacation, it was a bottle. Um, so my moderation usually went from the beginning of February till vacation. This time it was different. It was 66 days and Christmas was not uh, directly after the event, uh, after the challenge. So I thought this is a nice way to challenge myself and then go on being moderate. And did you manage to get through without too much difficulty? Yes and no. Yes, because I knew why I wanted to do it. I got a lot of resources to read. Uh, so I, I read uh, the book from Clara Poli. Uh, I read another one. I don't remember who wrote it. Um, so suddenly I, I spent time with the idea why drinking, what is the implication for health, for social life. And thinking about it made it harder sometime, somehow. I'm not just saying, okay, it's, it's 30 days and then it's okay, but thinking about what, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Mm. What might happen? Why are people on WhatsApp group telling me uh, they are drinking again? Other people are saying, okay, for me, it's for good. I, I wasn't going for, for good. I was just going for the challenge. So it was it was a struggle to, to really think about and take time to think about what are you doing, not just a little challenge. What, what did your family think about it? Wow, this was uh, very differentiated. Um, my wife uh, was completely not getting it, uh, saying, why do you need to be on some strange South African group to do a challenge? 
you just need to not drink during 30 days and then you drink less and it's okay. And I had to explain to her that um, she can drink one glass and then stop it or even not finish the glass um, that I can't. That for me, it's really a help if I'm accountable, uh, accountable to other people, not just to her. It was difficult for her to understand why I'm doing it in this formal way. And she also was not very happy about um, the reputation saying, but if, if you do this, uh, people might think that you, you have a problem with alcohol, which you don't. And I said, mm, yeah, but maybe I have. I'm not, I'm not sure, but maybe, maybe I have. And she was like, no, you don't. Um, simply sometimes you drink too much. Uh, so it, it was an interesting discussion among ourselves. Uh, with my children, the discussion was um, was different. Um, they asked a lot of questions. Why am I doing it? Uh, what is my rationale behind? And then they opened up. Uh, I remember I, I brought my, my son to bed uh, probably two weeks into the challenge. And he just looked at me and said, you know, it's, it's so nice when you kiss me now, you don't smell like alcohol because I really didn't like it. It's like, oh, gosh. My, my daughter also had lots of questions. And at some point, she also told me when I was alone with her, said, you know, sometimes when we're with friends and, and, and you drink too much, which was not an issue before, but now we talked about it. She said, you know, I really, I really didn't like your behavior. You were laughing too loud. Um, sometimes I, I saw where you're standing up. You, you didn't walk straight. And ah, I didn't like it. But she never tell, told me before. So it was something that came out discussing with them why I'm, I'm doing this challenge. You can always rely on children to tell you the truth, can't you? Absolutely. And it also makes it a bit harder because um, it's just a challenge. It's just 66 days. And somehow I said, mm, my son just told me, please don't kiss me when you smell, smell like alcohol. How am I going to deal with, with drinking again and, and knowing this information I didn't know before? So during the challenge, uh, how did you manage your social life? I seem to remember you telling me about wine cellars and pressure from your father-in-law and it, it wasn't that easy. They all uh, thought you were crazy. The, the, the first, well, I was also at this time working in a startup environment where uh, people had beer at five o'clock. Uh, it was always a uh, beer o'clock and one of the startups in the co-working space just came with some beer, put beer on the table saying, hey guys, let's drink. For me, it was clear. In this challenge, I'm not going to change anything about my social life. I'm not skipping the pubs. I'm not skipping the afternoon work beer with, uh, with colleagues. It will just be alcohol-free beer for me. In the co-working space, I asked, hey, please buy some alcohol-free beer because I will also enjoy uh, the five o'clock beer, but I'm not going to drink the alcohol one. Yeah, with my, my stepfather, it was a bit more difficult because he's really into very fine wines. So alcohol-free wine didn't make sense. I just I had to tell, listen, I'm going to drink water because uh, I'm right now cleaning my body and I just want mm. to get stuff out of my system. So not now. My wife went on drinking and clearly I said, hey, it's my decision. You don't have to change. So uh, the, the first day of the challenge I opened a very nice bottle for her and I served her very good wine and I enjoyed looking at her having her wine and for me it was really it was crystal clear it's my decision my decision should not uh, change my social life and I don't need or I shouldn't go into judging others so no. if you want to drink fine for you my decision is not to drink at least for the challenge which uh, is still going on uh, but we come to this later the thing that changed my social life, uh, I used to be the last to leave uh, the party, to leave the party uh, 
with, with probably uh, too many glasses in my, in my system. I quickly realized when you don't drink, there are a point in the evening where you get just sleepy. And when you get sleepy, the best thing is to go to bed and not just stay awake for the sake of staying awake. Plus, there's a turning point in the evening, depending when it starts. It can be 10 or 11, uh, where people turn from very funny to very stupid. Those moments, I just leave. I had to learn in the beginning. I told people, hey, by the way, I'm leaving. Then I realized when people are getting drunk, the best thing is to just... Next day, everybody's like, hey, it was fantastic and it was nice. Absolutely. They have no clue that I left. You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober. If you'd like to join our warm and welcoming community, just head on over to tribesober.com and hit the membership tab. That's www.tribesober.com. Absolutely. I found that too. I think you are very wise not to become a recluse for 66 days because we have to learn how to cope, don't we? And the only way we're going to learn those skills is by pushing ourselves and keep socializing. And as you say, you know, you can slip away when it gets silly and and nobody really notices. I used to say, oh, well, I'm going to go now and I'd have all these excuses. And and then like you, I realized (laughs) nobody even noticed or cared whether I stayed or went in the end when they got to that stage. Uh, so take us to the end of Sober Spring. What happened next? Well, 66 days were done and um, I, I wasn't sure what to do now. Um, my plan was to just uh, not drink for 66 days. So officially in my head, I could drink again. On the other hand, um, yeah, as mentioned, I spent so much time thinking about uh, alcohol, the why, the why not, uh, the benefits. And there aren't so many. Um, the downsides, sides, and there are quite a lot um, that I felt, hmm, I'm, I'm not going to stop drinking. I just want to go on with the challenge a bit longer. So I decided I'm going to do 100 days and just prolong for 100 days, uh, which I did. Going from 66 to 100 was super easy. I think already from 40 to 66 was super easy. The first, I don't know, 30, 40 days were difficult. Then it somehow it wasn't difficult anymore. So I went to my 100 days and probably the next question will be, and then? Uh, and then? <laughs> and then we had a big family discussion again. I think it was it was a Sunday. I think my 100 days were Monday, but it was so it was 99 days. And it was uh, Sunday morning. We were all sitting at breakfast table. And, uh, I turned to my family saying, hey, I'm at the end of my 100 days challenge. What should I do? Should I drink or should I not drink? Uh, my wife clearly said, hey, you can start again. Have a glass from time to time with me um, and just uh, be moderate. It's, it's fine. My son was unclear what he wanted. Um, and my, my daughter just looked at me saying, seems you don't really miss alcohol. Why, why do you want to start again? And anyway, um, you shouldn't be proud because 100 days is super easy. Uh, you can be proud if you do one year without alcohol. And she challenged me to do one year. So uh, I said, okay, let's do it. Let's go for one year, uh, which was a great story to share with people when I was in parties. People yeah, said, yeah. Don't drink. said, no, no, because now my, ch- my daughter challenged me. And if I drink, uh, I will be a loser for my daughter. And people say, okay, no, 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 you can't be a loser for your daughter. So what benefits have you experienced? My benefits, uh, there are probably many. I think the first one, um, it, it made my life much easier. 
I know that I'm the one going to drive after an event, not my wife. So easy. I don't have to count how many glasses until it's too much. I don't have to check with my wife. Hey, did you have two? Because I had three. Probably we, one of us should stop. Um, I don't have to think about uh, wherever I am. Okay, how many glasses are fine and when should I stop? I just don't drink. Easy. It's super easy. So my, 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 my life, I feel it's making my life much easier. I, I really see that on my health. Uh, I see improvements. I even say there are massive improvements. I, I, I had some skin conditions which are almost gone. Don't know if it's alcohol, something else, but probably alcohol or not drinking helped a lot. My digestion in general is much better than it used to be. Linked to digestion, I sleep much better. I was always a happy person, except when I woke up with a hangover. Since I don't drink, I don't have hangovers, so I wake up every morning being completely happy, full of energy, yeah, making life easier and seeing in general life uh, health improvement. And so how do you see the future, Kai? Are you going to be a non-drinker for the foreseeable future? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, you're just keeping an open mind. I, I well, I have to say, I also um, pay really attention to how I eat. And drinking just doesn't make sense if you put a lot of effort in the quality of your food and uh, when you eat. So before, I was really doing paying attention four days a week. Then I had my two days I was drinking plus my day uh, afternoon beer. After beer, and I know that your body needs 48 up to 72 hours uh, before you can again uh, digest the real stuff you need to digest because alcohol for your body is poison. Uh, the, the liver will always focus the poison first, so it absolutely doesn't make sense for me to drink. This is the one big point. The other point is smelling alcohol doesn't appeal to and, and smelling. People who smell like alcohol, I'm even worse than my son now. I really think people stink when they drink alcohol. Uh, so I, I really don't see why I should drink. So coming back to your question, I still don't know, but I have absolutely no reason to drink. As long as I don't have any reason to drink, why should I drink? Uh, but I have many reasons to have a healthy lifestyle in which I don't drink. So I'd say... I didn't decide not to drink. I just decided to do good for my health. And doing good for my health is also including I don't drink alcohol. By the way, I also completely skipped alcohol-free beer. I don't drink any alcohol-free wine. I had a time I was drinking a lot of coconut juice, uh, which I reduced massively uh, because I tried to keep my sugars down. So basically, uh, now I'm drinking plain water. And sometimes when it's party time, I drink sparkling water. And I'm completely wow. with this. Okay, you, you mentioned a couple of things there, like I don't see why I should drink, and that you're so right there. I just wanted your your thoughts on you know the role of alcohol in our global society and the fact that it's so normalized and and us non-drinkers are considered the weird people, you know, for not drinking a toxin every day. But what are your thoughts? Do, do you see any future where things will change? I guess it will change over time. Uh, we, we love cigarettes as a society. We don't mm. love cigarettes anymore. Now, if you, if you smoke, you are the bad person. It, it probably will turn also for alcohol over time. 
My, my children see alcohol on social media. They don't see it on TV or on radio because in Switzerland there are no commercials for alcohol. Uh, but on social media, uh, they will get uh, alcohol and alcohol is cool and the influencers are drinking and talking about how cool it is. On TV, Netflix, you don't see one hero who is not perfectly functioning and drinking a lot of hard liquor all the time. Uh, sometimes I wonder how uh, the character is supposed to do uh, four seasons because he should be dead after season one. I would say that you know you're you're a wonderful role model for your children, and I bet you know even if he doesn't say it, uh, I bet your son is you know subliminally thinking I don't want to stink, you know, like uh, my dad used to. Sometimes I, I guess so. So somehow now the bad person is my wife, which is fun uh, because for my children, uh, not drinking really seems to make sense. I also always used uh, something fun when we had big tables uh, with with some children, adults, and everybody's drinking. Uh, and people looked at me and said, hey, Kai, you're the only one not drinking. I said, no, 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 it's not true. We are six not drinking. Look, all the children plus me. And I always included myself with the children's side. Then I was the hero of all the children at the table saying, hey, that's right. He's not the only one. We are also drinking water or syrup or whatever. Usually the conversation stops. Nobody is going to force you to have a drink because then they feel very stupid. Well, well done you for kind of recognizing that, you know, maybe this could be a problem if I carry on like this for another 10 years. And you've you've been aware of that and you've pulled back and you've changed your behavior. And now you've um, discovered something something quite cool. So I've got a last question for you, Kai. We're, we're about quite soon after this interview, we'll be launching our Sober Spring Challenge. If there's anyone listening to this this interview who's vaguely tempted to do it, what would you say to them? Uh, go for it. It's it's really uh, something to try out. I have a but. Go for it, but know why you are doing it. We talked about uh, willpower and that uh, you don't agree with me that willpower will help. Uh, I, I think in my definition, yes, if you know clearly why you're doing it, or in the, in the words of Simon Sinek, if you know your why, then uh, willpower can help for some minutes where you doubt your why. So I'd say do it, know why you're doing it, and then the Spring Challenge is really a fantastic tool. It's the how-to, how to do it, uh, the help, um, the, the, the accountability, the, the fun moments when, when people explain uh, their struggles or they're not struggles, but mostly we, we share struggles. It's, it's a really nice journey. And, uh, and again, uh, it's, it's even a fun journey. Uh, so you should do it. When you decide not to drink for, for this challenge, when you decide to be in a different position, um, you can become a kind of anthropologist. Probably I need a drink to say this word correctly. You can start to observe people. And I really did it. I remember I spent a lot of time in, in airports at this time doing this, this um, challenge. And in airports, there's alcohol everywhere. And you get even free glasses at some places. To just look how many people are drinking beer, how many people are drinking champagne, how many people are drinking two beers because they are afraid. Again, not judging what they do, but just observing. And suddenly the weight in the airport on the non-drinking during this weight, it's, it's a real fun moment where you, where you, where you enjoy yourself. So do it, know why you do it, use the toolbox, use the mails, use the group, use whatever resources you get, um, read a lot, it's really worth it. I also listen to lots of, po lots of podcasts. Um, there, there were some podcasts mentioned by, by people in the WhatsApp group. I think it's, it's really a journey to, to discover 
what you want to do with the rest of your life. And then you can choose. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kai. Kai read about us in his in-flight magazine when he was on holiday in South Africa several years ago. He took a photo on his phone and he left it there for a couple of years. He didn't contact us, but the seed was sown. And when he heard about our Sober Spring Challenge, he decided to give it a go. The fact that it was autumn rather than spring in Europe didn't faze him at all. He realised it was a 66-day challenge and he was ready for it. He went online to check the science behind those 66 days and he became pretty convinced that it could make a difference. Now what's really interesting about Kai's story is that he was only planning to do the challenge. Do you remember he said that he loved challenges? He had absolutely no intention of giving up drinking for good. But as he went through his 66 days, he noticed some some little shifts happening. So the first one, he was uh, he was quite vocal on our WhatsApp group. We loved uh, the chats that he gave us. He told us lots of uh, anecdotes about his evenings with his father-in-law, who was horrified that he wasn't drinking the fine wine. He told us stories about his uh, days with business colleagues and how they were pretty amazed as well. Apart from sharing his stories on there, he, he noticed that some people were really struggling and he decided that uh, he didn't really ever want to be like that. And he heard other people on the WhatsApp group saying that they felt great and they were going to give up drinking forever. Now that shocked him and inspired him at the same time. And the third thing that I noted was that Kai's children played a big role in his journey. Do you remember his son told him that, in fact, he hated the way that his dad smelt, smelt of alcohol sometimes when he came to kiss him goodnight? And his daughter saying that sometimes he just laughed too loud. You can always rely on children <laughs> to tell you how it is, can't you? But those, those kids, there were things that they were actually much too kind to say to him uh, when he was drinking. But they, they resonated as things that our children tell us always do. Now, when Kai reached his 66 days, he started setting milestones. First, it was 100 days, and then his daughter challenged him to a whole year. Milestones are really important. We always try and avoid the F word, the forever word, because we, we just feel it's too daunting. You know, when we finish the workshops, we, uh, we say to people, just... Um, Try and get through 66 days because then your habits will change. We don't say to them, try never to drink again because it's just too much. And even if that's what they want to do eventually, they have to do it in stages. And another advantage of milestones is that every time you hit one, you get a dopamine hit. And that gives you the energy and the enthusiasm to carry on to the next milestone. Kai enjoyed his journey to sobriety and he noticed some significant benefits. As a business leader, he's influenced many of his colleagues and he's an amazing role model for his children. Although he no longer drinks, he's maintained his membership and he's a, a loyal member of our tribe and now he works as a sober buddy and he helps other people that are struggling, which is awesome. So well done, Kai. We salute you. The Sober Spring Challenge starts on the 20th of March. You can find the sign-up page on tribesober.com. Just hit Sober Spring 2022.
Throughout the challenge, you'll get online, community, and audio support. And we've also got some fabulous cheerleaders on board, people who've got sober with the tribe and are eager to support others. We've got Ross from Spain, Lucy from the UK, and John from Canada. So why not join us for this 66-day sober journey? Just like it did with Kai, it could change your life. Our Sober Spring WhatsApp group are already chatting away and introducing themselves, getting excited for departure day tomorrow. So let me end by reading one of these messages. So this is Susan from the US. I just wanted to say that each and every one of you has moved me with your honesty to face this thing. I've been a drinker for 40 years and that feels like more than enough. I don't often even have any good reason to drink, and yet I do. And once I start, I almost always overdo it. Does this sound familiar to anyone? I hope I can bring some support to all of you. And thank you to those who are coming along as our cheerleading chaperones. So thank you, Susan. And yes, we all know that feeling of not having an off switch once we start drinking. So thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us and share the podcast and we'd be so grateful if you'll leave us a review and I'll be back next week. Ditching the drink is like climbing a mountain. It's hard, it takes courage and grit and an experienced guide. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've climbed that mountain and we know the view from the top is amazing. We've used our experience to put together a unique membership program that will support you all the way. We've got challenges, chat rooms, sober buddies, trackers, and milestone awards, and that's just for starters. So head on over to tribesober.com and check out our membership program. It's the essential resource for anyone looking to ditch the drink and change their life.